0: Rachel Daly is a striker. The end.
1: The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports.
0: She's got great passing range. She scores goals. She's great in the air. Brilliant in the air, yeah.
1: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember effortless shave magnificent moves. Alan Quillen is with us Alan before we talk about uh, a bit of an uptick in Munster's results if not the performance although I thought the performance was decent but let's talk about England and Wales because that's the great story from the weekend um, poor Wales where did it all go wrong
0: yeah it was uh, I think it was it was one of those ones that it was a desperation type scenario for them and I think they brought great energy and kind of when you look at that first half and even part, you know the start of the second half They were full of energy, aggression. I think they had that zip in their step. And they played like a team who were under a lot of pressure.
1: They were hammering Australia at that stage. They were hammering them.
0: Um, And Australia were decimated. I think they were really kind of vulnerable going into that match with all the injuries they had. Um, You know, they were missing a number of players against Ireland. But this week was, you know, they were really decimated. Still had a good team on the field. They had a lot of good players out there. But you think. Wales in the position they were in 21 point lead Um, surprising really surprising the way they capitulated and uh, not surprised with Australia Um, I think we saw them in the rugby championship Um, one of the you know the New Zealand game the tries the, the way they came back in in the test match they should have won at home in Australia, but they're capable of that. They're that kind of team that, you know, if you give them, if you you switch off a little bit, they're very dangerous. Wales lost their way. Um, They got sloppy. Um, They got a little bit lazy. Um, And credit to Australia, you know, there's a mixture here of Australia um, really throwing the kitchen sink at it to try and, like, you you can imagine if that scoreline went on or, or even stayed at that, Gap. How how much pressure Dave Rennie would be? Well, under. I was going to say? It was really intriguing. Both coaches under big pressure. I think Australian press. and I was reading some of it last week. Seemed to give them a little bit of a break because of all the injuries. But their results haven't been good either this year. And um, they're the lowest ranking. That
1: Matt Williams pointed out in the show. They're ranked 8, It's kind of one of the lowest they've ever been on on the world rankings.
0: Yeah. Does it all really really matter? And I think they probably. You know, we would probably get comments after this from from people. Um, from Welsh people who watch watching YouTube and all that kind of stuff so criticising us and reminding us we've never gone beyond the quarter final. But um, the here and now was not good for, for Wales at the moment and I think um it's you know when you've a twenty one point lead and when you lose to Italy and Georgia in the same year, um they're two big ones, aren't they, at home. Yeah. You know. I, I was just thinking that if Ireland lost those type of games, the, the pile on would be. Mm. Mm. But w- when do you sack Big. the manager, Quinney? Like the, this far, if no, the before I the Six Nations? Know, because I'm not an expert in this, and, <laughs> and you know, everyone will have an opinion on it. Um, it's concerning, but it's sometimes it's a little bit. It's down to personnel and players as well. I think Wales, their their regions are you know financially under pressure and. I have a lot of great friends in Wales and I and I love the history around Welsh rugby and had so many great memories over there um it's difficult for them because the model that they operate under is 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 a tough one and you know player development finances all that kind of stuff is challenging for the regions and the proof is in the pudding particularly around Europe you know the Irish provinces are very well looked after they're very well financed. Uh, the model is safe, and there's great support there. And you just look during COVID. You know, the IRFU have come out of COVID, lost a lot of money, but they've come out of COVID, and they've. I they think they're making a surplus this year. You know, their books are good again. Um, it's a constant challenge for Welsh rugby, and I'm not saying money is the thing that it's a checkbook scenario, but it's it's actually supporting the regions more, getting their young players playing at a high level, having a crack in Europe. Um, which we see the Irish province is doing every year, which is really good to your development. But then, you know, as I said, the argument will be the Ireland, ha- Ireland haven't got by beyond the quarter-final, but it's been a great year for Ireland. It's been a very successful year. Um, so Wales are in a tough place because... With, if Gatland is available
1: and decides that he would take the job, do you, have to take, do you have to just say, look, we're a year out from the World Cup, we need to do better, we can't afford to lose to Italy again next year? Like, Italy might be...
0: I Avericks. think with with um heading into that there's case. something not right when you have when you're struggling with player personnel and and if Wales get everyone on the field who are fit they're a very good side
1: but that was the point I made but I think wrong. their
0: depth is an issue and and the
1: they're paper thin mm. but if everybody's right. fit
0: but we're we're, cause we're, trouble. we're not in you know no. if we lose a couple of players too ger from an Irish point of view no it's true we could be in big trouble yeah. so Scotland Ireland Wales will mm. always be in that situation France and England will always have way more depth because of the strength of their leagues not necessarily the strength but the number of teams they Uh, have playing so you can handpick guys all the time Would Gatland make a difference? Of course he would I think he would because I think he would give them a a bounce anyway with his presence Uh, the public would love it Um, he's done nothing but brought success to Welsh Rugby so popular there but it's a risky one for him uh, because if he goes back there he's leaving New Zealand, he's up in sticks again, he's back with his wife in New Zealand, they're settled. But you know, I think he loves and he feels so he felt so loved in Wales and obviously had great success with him. He took Wales over when they were in this kind of a similar position and brought instant success really. Um met a very strong, robust Gatty's biggest strength is is I think the morale, the mood, and the camp. Well, the team has an guys identity up around. Everybody knows yeah, the yeah. is. Yeah, and I think um, he was very. Sh- he's always very shrewd about bringing good, good technical coaches in around him.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Sean Edwards obviously is um, not going to be available. He's he was a big, big, big loss to Wales.
1: You have to assume that there are other people equally as talented as Sean Edwards, available that Gatling might be able to convince to come and join for a yeah, year. Yeah,
0: you, you've got a again, you've got a checkbook job here where you've got to go out and get good people to come in and and obviously if you get a good coaching team it will give Wales a bounce I'm not sure, you you know, you hear this stuff in sport that they're not playing for the, the coach or they're not playing for the manager or something's not wrong or the camera's gone up to the box, uh, the coaching box and they look disjointed I've seen that you can read a little bit of stuff into that if there's a, if there's a row or if they're not, if yeah. we've seen it on a regular basis. But when when you're under pressure, um, Stephen Jones involved there as well. Top, top, top bloke. Um, great fella. I think he's... Um,
1: the Gatlin might keep someone like Stephen Jones for continuity. Yeah, know, he, yeah.
0: who knows? It's, so it's, on
1: balance, what do you think is more likely? PIVAC is in charge or not in charge by the time the Six Nations rolls around?
0: the way it's going I think not in charge but it, that may be dictated to by finances as well yes. and, and yeah. can they go out and afford to pay uh, a huge salary to, to Warren Gatland again um, but it's very concerning for them and it's not good to see and I've always said this it's not it's obviously we want to beat Wales and we want to beat Although England I, when I'm, we play I'm enjoying against
1: a little bit them. Of this
0: now, I've got to say but a little bit of this we well I'm not I, I think you know because I would have wanted Wales to win and have a good autumn um, but I would have I, I really want their their regions to be strong you know they can argue of course again they can come back and say well Munster are not strong at the moment but I mean in general in yeah. the last number of years yeah. to be in Europe and, and but Munster and not being strong is a crisis one. the Welsh team's
1: not being strong at the moment is what we're, we've become accustomed to like at least there's yeah. massive debate about what's going on at Munster it's, it is like a Jesus, this needs to
0: get fixed. Wales are a good side when they when they have everyone fit and available. But there's They're something really, not yeah. right. There's yeah. something not right there as regards the nation being behind them, the results. I think the result against Argentina gave a little bit of hope. But they were well beaten by New Zealand again. And, you know, let's be honest, it's 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 got to be much closer than that. You know, New Zealand's scoring 55 points against yeah. them. Georgia he's got to make changes there and it's not the strongest Welsh team but, but you've, you still need to be able you've to. got to win that game yeah, it's impossible now though because the players aren't stupid they read papers they know that Gatlin's name is now being mentioned and that
1: Pivac's days are essentially probably numbered so like it's, it's tough for players even to It is. Reverse sure I
0: think Wayne Pevac is very popular and he's very well liked by player the players but you have someone like Jamie Roberts who's saying and he's a Welsh legend so maybe it's not for me to say Wales have got to make this change what's, what's Roberts saying? he's saying back PIVAC. no no it makes change. change ok um, so I think it's tough times for him at the moment um, but you know it's make the change now I think I think it's it's come to that point where you know they've played 12 their last 12 games they've won 3 lost 9 Yeah, it's too many losses it's funny how like
1: as a neutral observer, I always felt like the November internationals were a little bit of a free hit for most countries. But if you look back at the track record, Ireland hammered South Africa, they sacked the coach, they got Razzie in, and it was a transformative moment for South African rugby. It's possible for a change and now. I don't
0: buy into this scenario of what's oh, too close to the World Cup for anyone, even if it was in an Irish scenario, because. At the end of the day, sometimes that change, you'd get that bounce out of it. And it's worth rolling the dice sometimes. If it's not hasn't been working and not working, yeah. you've got to make change. Um England's scenario is similar, but Ireland go to, to Cardiff in the first Six Nations game and We'd much rather Wayne P. Lack in charge than Warren Gatland, wouldn't we? Like we would. Exactly. you know? Like because it, even that psychological edge, you can imagine oh, if Gaddy was there and he'd yeah. be throwing stuff out during the week and he'll be he'll be testing Ireland, they'll find that bit of a surge for him if it happened but um, it's it's a tough decision for them to make and it's a tough place they're in at the moment
1: Is it as tough a decision or is it actually easy to stick with Eddie Jones at the moment in in England Um, Clive Woodward is like the knives are out and Clive Woodward is like this review that we're about to do is pointless because we don't know who's doing it and then afterwards we don't really find out that much about it and there's no jeopardy involved it's just a oh we recommend you do this 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 and this Um, and he's saying for reasons which have never been explained to me I've never been invited to participate in any of these reviews at the risk of sounding arrogant I believe I'm the most qualified Englishman to conduct an investigation people might read that and think I'm angling for a job nothing could be further from the truth the role as RFU director of rugby would have interested me 10 years ago but that ship has long since sailed Clive rules him out of a position which he wasn't uh, asked to do it's, um, it's just an interesting little dynamic at the moment where somebody has won the World Cup in England and he's piling on this guy who's never won the World Cup for England but has been involved in very successful teams
0: he, he has been for a while and I think it's a very valid argument to say that he is the most qualified person um, he you know, got the best out of that England team albeit it was full of characters full of quality but you know, he brought that success to them and um, England have been two stop starts. Um, again, I think the quality of players. And I looked back at their team from Saturday, and they're a better team on paper than what we, we've seen from them. They look lost for ideas. They looked disjointed. Their set pieces poor. They wouldn't f- put, you know, they wouldn't put any sort of fear in you at that England team. The way they're playing and um, I think from the amount the quality the type of player they have um, there's something something not right there there's something not right he's not getting the best out of them and I think he's lost the dressing room in a sense and you hear that from ex-players talking about you know the regime he's run the way he's chopped and changed coaches over the years Um, he's been absolutely ruthless and probably not very nice to some of these people Um, a lot of a, a couple of them have spoken out about it about the environment, it can only take you so far. That yeah. fear, yeah. that 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 fear of failure within the group, that that fear that's in players, and they're being held back here. And I think um, he'll be very, very lucky to survive. I must say, Eddie Jones has come out with you know the kind of psychological warfare over the years and made some kind of disparaging comments about Irish players and. Ireland kicking the ball. Johnny Sexton's uh, worry about when he retires. Stuff like that. That wasn't. Um, it, it created a lot of headlines. He's always been someone I've kind of had a, a, a an admiration for, if you like. It's box There's office. There's something about yeah. Even yeah. when you meet him, he's he'll have a chat, and you could be saying something about him week before, and he'll say hello, and he'll chat, and uh, it is box office stuff, but.
1: What's that, what's, that like, right. what's that like day to day though when, when that's your coach and you're not quite sure what you're going to get in terms of the consistency. Sometimes he's ruthless, sometimes he's praising you, sometimes he's telling you you're no good. He's writing books, he's coaching
0: in Japan. Do you know, it's like... I'm sending a player a packet of sausages telling him it's a fillet steak, that he is a sausage uh, when he opens up his package at home and uh, needs to work on his game. Did you? I heard that story last week. No, what's the story? A particular player, um, he didn't pick him but he... Sent him a package, told him it was a fillet steak. Go home, have a nice steak. Released him from camp, and uh, have a nice steak. Relax, you'll be fine. The guy opened up the package. There was sausages in there, and he got a text message then saying, "Well, you're a sausage. You're working your game." And oh, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know how true that is, but that was on on uh, on social media last week. Tough but love, that is tough love. Has been tough love from from Eddie 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 Jones. I think Mike Brown, who played under him. Um, Got Bart- dropped by him and yeah. released and not picked. He's coming out now, saying in the papers again, it, again when it's, it's not our back garden if you like. But when you see ex players and it's the same in well in the Welsh scenario, who are respected, who've been there, done that. They know the culture. They've been very passionate. Mike Brown has been someone who's been very, very. He's so passionate about England. There's probably a little bit of a needle there by you know, his clash with Eddie Jones and Jones not picking him. Mm. Um, so you gotta read between the lines as well. But you know, Will Greenwood, I saw him doing a video afterwards and Twickenham. Someone who would have been very pro Eddie Jones and I think probably has a good relationship with him. I know Eddie Jones is you know, they've done coaching sessions together and done events together. He thinks it's really, really, really concerning. And that result on Saturday was... He's the
1: moderate voices in are saying... Yeah,
0: that. and you've got a Somewhere between the lines, I think he'll do well to hang on, I think, but at once, this stage. Once you've lost the Twickenham crowd and he has... Like, the booze at the end, like... Eddie Jones is the biggest sausage in English rugby at the minute. Like, he, he's, he seems to be the problem. I know the players maybe aren't playing for him, but I mean... On paper, Shane, better team, aren't they? Yeah. Surprising, you know, and... Like, I think I also saw some stuff about the reaction of when they're you know, way behind against New Zealand and the shackles are off. Yeah. And I think they were brilliant. But um I, I, Ben Young's coming on made a huge difference. The energy, the tempo, the there's taking risks, I think Eddie Jones has kind of strangled the team a little bit and he's trying this power game, uh, keep it direct, run out over teams. Um South Africa are the ones that are the best at doing that and they're brilliant at doing that. When you see an English scrum at Twickenham going backwards, you're kinda of going
1: <laughs> This doesn't happen.
0: It shouldn't happen. And if you go back and talk to any of the ex England internationals or passionate English rugby fans, you know, you kinda of have your ground rules at home and that doesn't mean that they they don't they'll always work for you. But when you see an English pack being dominated like that mm-hmm. Moore, very, very concerning. Brian Moore is saying that the,
1: the remaining impediment to sacking him is finding a suitably qualified and available replacement. Like, Gatlin must be going, I mean, what? I- I'm available for that. And also, Scott Robertson has literally said in the last three weeks, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd love the New Zealand job, but the England job would also be good. He's he's sitting there, right there, ready to go. They could easily pay for Bortwick if they needed to. Like... I know they always talk about the debts that they have around um, the refinancing of Twickenham, but English rugby can generate money if they need to. It's not a question of, of money with Jones at the end of his one year left on his contract. They year. would find the money. Yeah,
0: They'd get private money if they wanted it. Yeah. Somebody somewhere will bail them out. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think Scott Robertson is the one that's... Um, to try and get him to move now. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know, or get somebody in now, but I think Eddie Jones, as a review going to happen over the next two weeks as you mentioned there to start I think it'll be very very hard for him to survive I really think it'll be r- and the tough thing for Eddie Jones personally here is if he doesn't survive does the American scenario because I think that, that could possibly be a done deal with him going to and America maybe he just
1: takes that over early because like, they don't have the World Cup to go yeah. to anyway So, um.
0: and I don't think that if they've agreed something with Eddie Jones that they're going to change their mind at this stage you never know. Um, but I think the results are concerning. You know, even the Ireland game, if you go back to the Six Nations, I've, you know, I know the sending off was early, but I just thought that doesn't happen with England. It shouldn't really happen. If we go to Twickenham, we should be absolutely having to play out of our skins for 80 minutes. Yeah. Get a bounce of a ball, and, you know. It's the pin of our I'm collar. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, but. It's concerning, you know that there's something missing there as well. And look, people could argue it's down to some quality, but when you look at the English team and look at the Welsh team and the depth that the English English rugby has, given these guys are playing kind of week after week, and the quality, their young players coming through, the results are not good enough.
1: Okay, just a quick question about the the Connacht monster game. Um, Monster obviously win in the end, and it's comfortable. The the bonus point. He's secured and the result is, is never really in doubt. In the first half, when Ralston gets the intercept and goes over,
0: uh, was there any fear at that stage? Ooh, this looks like a, has it a, a familiar bang to the rest of the season. I, I would have been never been comfortable. Maybe when it was 24-10. I think that was the time where you thought if Munster go down the field now and kind of control the game, kick a penalty, make it 27-10, that it gives you that bit of comfort. But... Connector side that are hurt, you know they're a good side they're a very dangerous side and I think they knew what was coming with monster, I think it was uh, parts of it were much better there's still a lot of mistakes um, they're a better side to watch mm-hmm. I think they're actually trying to move it a little bit more and, and that's what they've been doing since the start of the season I think they're still it'll still take a little bit of time um, I think when the intercept goes in yeah I think you're thinking does it have this feel of uh, but I think overall I think with respect to Connacht I think Munster seemed to be that bit more controlled um, they made it there's a lot of mistakes there there's a lot of handling errors Antoine Frisch had a bit of something doesn't he like first year. player I think and um, lots of people um, whether you're a Munster fan or not can see that this guy there's something there uh, France have been trying to get him back <laughs> Fabien Galté has been putting a lot of pressure trying to get him back and play with France. They've seen the quality of this guy. We've got to see it consistently, obviously, and see it in Europe when he's under pressure, but there's a natural... There's a Gary Ringrose sway to the way he runs, isn't there? There's there's always... Every time he went into contact, he's looking for someone. He runs a good line. He's physical... I saw him actually putting on a little good tackles, the timing, clean outs, and the breakdown. Mm. He looks a really, really good player.
1: Yeah, if Jack Reed has told us anything, get him in the team, cap him, and then go, and then we make our mind up on of players.
0: Yeah, I think he's committed to now, and I'd be very surprised if something like that happened. Um, I don't think it will happen because I think he's come to Ireland, and he's he's going to throw his lot in here, and um, he'll be very important. I think it for the future, and uh, yeah. We have a lot of quality in that centre position, but someone like him, you think, can really help Munster. They still have, you know, the scrum was a concern, the set piece at times. Uh, Maul was good, um, but like they weren't never going to run away with the game and win it by twenty points. It was always going to be tight. I fancied him to kind of. It was a better, a good, a strong Munster team on paper, um, but you know, really, really important bonus point win for them. I suppose it's all put in um a little bit of perspective Queen of the weekend with the news of Toddy Weir's um really sad passing. I know this was a battle he's fought since um since it became uh, public in, in twenty sixteen. So much money raised, so much awareness raised for modern neuron disease as well and um an inspiring figure and really, really sad news. Yeah it was horrendous I think and um I think everyone was shocked. Um obviously he's fought an incredible battle and I think the legacy he will leave is not just daddy Weir the rugby player, I think it's the fight he showed um the money that's that's raised for the research around motor neurons disease for the future to try and make it is it um to try and change that picture for people. It's an incredibly difficult situation for anyone. I think he's had an incredible team around him Daddy. I was over there a couple of years ago and I did. I did some a dinner before the Ireland the Scotland Ireland game with Doddy, Gary Armstrong, um the former Scottish scrum half as well. And uh I just think that the impact he's had is just phenomenal. He's a, he was always a lovely man. Um but he's had a team around him and I actually started feeling feeling it for them. I know the people behind that team who've been with him from the start um, the fundraising campaigns, the events they 've had, and that 's been really heartening for daddy Weir as well, you know, but I think you know for somebody to to take on the illness like he did uh, be out there continuously fighting for 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 you know fundraising for research around motor neurons disease and you saw him before the New Zealand game a couple of weeks ago to go out onto the field, and he was he was very much loved, Doddy Weir, by everyone. Yeah. He was an unbelievably popular figure. Ever before he was diagnosed with motor neurons disease, and um, incredibly sad, and a really, I think everyone felt an air of sadness on Saturday evening when that came out. Uh, uh, you know, just the impact that this man has had, and. Um, you know, Rob Burroughs is going through that in England as well, um, the former Leeds rugby league player. It's 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 heartbreaking to see yeah, this horrific. stuff happening. Uh yeah. but then you see the inf- inspiration of Kevin Seinfeld and what he's done and all the races and the the fundraising and you know, I think what Daddy Weir has done. Um in the last number of years has been just inspirational and, yeah. and and
1: that will be his legacy, and, said. And, and that
0: work will continue. Alan,
1: good stuff. Thanks so much for joining good us says. this morning. Cheers. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave magnificent mo